0: Welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast. One-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive. You can me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Maple Leafs with a 3-1 win over the Winnipeg Jets. And to join me to talk about the game is going to be a friend of the show, our man, Tony ferrari from dauber prospects tony what's going on bud how was that
1: not bad not bad it's a much better win i feel much more confident coming on here today talking about almost nothing but good things it feels nice
0: yes and before we get to talking about this game i do have to ask you about a situation that you apparently walked in on today when you got home from work something about your son and his get up what was that all about
1: so, yeah, I got home from work today and and my kids are always doing something weird when I get home, usually like <laughs> getting getting done school and stuff or winding up for the day, getting ready for dinner. And so I walk in and my four year old sitting there with this big puffy vest on, no shirt, no <laughs> pants, just underwear in this vest, rocking some sunglasses and watching a Barbie movie. I'm like, man, like that's just that's living a good life. Like, did the, you do you, man. Did the sunglasses have an orange tint to them? No, but they were orange framed, so it was uh, it was a solid get up.
0: Oh man, your son's gonna grow up and be a, a, a duck hunter, I swear. <laughs> oh, he's gonna he's gonna grow up and be something. All right, let's get to this game, man. Leafs and jets and you know, at the least just flat out outplayed the Jets tonight. They were the better team, they looked great, and I to me I think that the, the score wasn't indicative to how well Toronto actually outplayed Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, that's really true. Like, I think it was after the second period. I seen one of, I forget which analytical model it was. It might have been Natural Stat Trick, but they had like the win percentage meter, and in Toronto was at ninety four percent. It felt like that the entire game. Really, like Toronto just outplayed them, outchanced them. And I, I was saying to uh, to my wife before she left for work, I'm like, yeah, you see the shots are like twenty seven, thirty seven right now, but the fact that Toronto's getting all of their shots from the high danger areas makes such a big difference. And I mean. Credit to to Hellebuck because this game could have easily been five six seven seven one For at sure. the end of the day.
0: Yeah, Hellebuck is such an outstanding goaltender, and he's really the only reason why that was even close to being a game. Like you take a look at at the the difference of you. Well, you said that the high danger chances like outchance some seven to one shots on goal thirty eight shots and able to stop thirty six of them. So you know, Connor Hellebuck uh, certainly. One of the better goaltenders in the in the league. Didn't win a Vesna for nothing last year. But on the other side of the ice, a massive bounce back performance from Freddie. You know, he didn't have to be stellar, especially through the first two periods. The third period was tested a little bit more. But he was, he, he was in place, in position, and he made the stops that he needed to and kept this team in it enough for them to win the game.
1: Yeah, and I think the key was like you you got that air of calm around him again. And, and like I said last time I was on when Freddie's calm, he's one of the best goalies in the league. He yeah. really is. But the issue is when he gets swimming like he was the last couple nights or the other couple nights and he starts losing his crease and losing his net, he gets really frantic. And that's when he lets in those bad goals. And I've seen some people kind of like uh ripping on Freddie a little bit for the goal today. And, and yeah, you kind of wish he would have had it, but I mean it was a brutal giveaway by Jake Muzzin in the corner. So I can't really fault Freddy too much, especially because he played so well the rest of the game. Yeah,
0: like I, I, I truly did. And there was the conversation pregame that more so Twitter was having as opposed to, you know, legitimate analysts or, or talking heads, but there was the conversation of whether or not there was a, a goaltending controversy, and I suppose it got sparked a little bit on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday after Campbell came out and won, uh, coming off of a, a really bad performance from Anderson the night before, but, you know, I, I was very much in favor of sending Anderson out there tonight. You look at his career numbers against, uh, against this team, he's always played Winnipeg extremely well, and I thought that going out there giving the opportunity to have a bounce back performance and give him the confidence back to get him going because you know this team is only going to go as far as freddie takes him as good as people think jack campbell is he's never been a a real starter in this league and we need performances like tonight out of freddie anderson in order to
1: win anything in this season yeah i completely agree with you on that one because as you were saying, like it's you want to get Freddie back in the groove because even this week it's four games this week, so it, you're gonna get both these guys in net this week. You you want Freddie to be the lead guy because if Freddie's the lead guy and he's you he's your lead guy confidently, you're in a much better position because if if you're sitting you're going well, maybe we have a goalie controversy. It, it's let's be honest, it's never good to have a goalie controversy. You want your good goalie to be the good goalie, and, and when Freddie's at his best, he is that goalie. What else did you pick apart from today's game? One of the big things I liked was just how how good the top six was in I mean honestly it was the top nine in general but the top two lines, especially, were just gunning. That Matthews and in uh, Mitch Marner line with Joe Thornton, I, I was talking about how I wasn't a huge fan of it the other day, but every game we've seen so far, they've gotten yeah. better, and they, they seem to be playing more off each other uh, a little bit better. And, and today I thought was the epitome of that. They were creating chances all over the ice from the start of the game to the end of the game. And I thought Joe Thornton was doing a really good job of being that guy that doesn't necessarily need to be around, moving around the ice, because when you have a guy that's as puck hungry as Matthews, and a, a guy that wants the puck as much as Mitch Marner, you don't need a third guy on that line wanting the puck so you let Joe Thornton do his thing he gets to the front of the net he works off that to the half walls and gets behind the net and he's an excellent passer still so he finds those guys in good spots and I thought that line did a really good job today and then that second line like I said earlier the whole top six was really good John Tavares and William Nylander were excellent together again and I think this team is starting like that. That that game felt like they were got their groove. They, the the preseason's over, and this is this is how they should be playing from here on out.
0: Yeah, and, and that was right. Like I said this the other day, the fact that when we were going into the game, and then even afterwards, I, I cautioned you know the listeners in Leafs Nation, like, look, there's going to be some mistakes. Some guys are going to look a little slow. Some guys are going to make you know um, you know bad decisions. And one of it is the fact that there's just a lot of turnover. So guys are just trying to figure each other out. They're still trying to build chemistry and the other was there was no preseason so they needed to you know take that time to you know even condition themselves and get into game shape practice is great but it's nothing like a real game, and game shape is a legitimate thing. And when, it, when you talk about a guy like Joe Thornton, he did look a little sluggish in that first night against Montreal, and we noted that. But since then, I thought that he's actually looked pretty good. And, you know, you talk about his his monster and his, his hungriness against the, the half wall. There was a couple of opportunities tonight where I, I noticed him. Um, and it's really his big frame and long reach where he's just gets an active stick along the wall and keeps plays alive and is able to keep pressure on for that team. He'll go in there and knock a pick, uh, knock a puck loose and then he'll squirt right over to Marner and Matthews and away they go. They keep the pressure and keep going. And that was really I thought, a big reason why in the second period they had a few shifts that led to that penalty uh, led to the, their power play where Tavares ended up scoring. So, you know, just I, I 100% agree with you that top six has looked dynamite and elite. And it's funny, I feel like everyone was almost writing off John Tavares coming into the season, because he had a little bit of a down year last year comparatively to his first season in Toronto. And then I think the the assumption was, oh, he's over thirty, he's over the hill, he's just gonna keep declining. When really I guess last year at this point, we're only what, four games in, so I guess we can't, you know, overreact too much. But I mean last year just looks like a blip. He looks possibly like as good as he's ever looked, especially over the last few games. And today I thought he was exceptional.
1: Yeah, he really was and he's been that that game changer. He he's he's done a great job this year of kind of reclaiming the 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 dominance. And I felt like we saw that a little bit early last season and then he got injured and he mm-hmm. when he came back he was never really the same. In that injury really kind of hampered him. If I'm not mistaken it was a finger and yeah. he just wasn't the same after that injury. So It's good to see him healthy. It's good to see him back doing what he does. Like He's been a really productive player. He's got six points in in four games so far. You can't complain about his production at all. He's been one of the most consistent Leafs. And outside of that, really that one game, like this team has been really, really good. So I'm really a big fan of of the way they're trending. And and like you said, you touched on the new additions there. And and one of the new additions I thought was really good tonight was was TJ Brody. Mm -hmm. Him and Morgan Riley seem so much more in sync this game than they did that first game. There was there was plays where they're making it, it almost seemed instinctual where they're passing behind the net. And there was one play in particular where, where T.J. Brody started to rush up the edge. And as a four came, he threw it behind him and Morgan Riley was there like they just seemed to know where each other were much more on the ice today. And and that's a credit to them practicing together and getting together in time. But like you said, it's going to take a few games to get into this thing. And, and hopefully this was the start of them kind of working all together and, and being a little bit more in sync.
0: Um, Talk about the defensemen, too. Tonight, they elected to go with 11 forwards and 7-D. Miko Letton getting into his first game action. And it was weird the way that he was deployed. Like, it wasn't that he was just kind of taking shifts with the third line. There was a weird deployment of all seven defensemen tonight, was there not?
1: Yeah, they kind of seemed to rotate them all kind of together. Pairings didn't stick together a ton, um, especially those bottom two pairings. Like yeah, there was times where you see Justin Hall out there with, with Miko Lettinen or, or Travis Dermott out there with, with uh, Zach Bogosian and they're just mixing guys all through it. So it, it was kind of interesting to see. And in one of the two that I liked seemed together. And I don't know if this was just like Zach Bogosian getting, getting his old self back for one shift or a couple of shifts was <laughs> when him and Miko Lettinen were out there together, they were really buzzing. And, and I thought Miko Lettinen, that was the best he looked all night. And there were times where he, he was kind of a little bit off and, And you could tell it was his first NHL game, adjusting to the new ice, adjusting to the new speed of the game and everything. But there was that couple shifts with with Zach Bogosian where both of those two were flying around the the blue line, switching sides, pinching down the wall. It was really great to see. And something that, you know, you you bring
0: that up. And if you think about it, in camp, Zach Bogosian through the entire camp, that was the pairing. It was Letnan and Bogosian. And then the day before the season, all of a sudden... Letting him was taken off of the starting role and then Dermot was thrusted up into there and, and now you have Bogosian having to try and create chemistry with somebody else. And, you know, he puts Letting him back up on that line and those two, boom, they click right away, right uh, again. Like, you got to think that that has something to do with it as well.
1: Yeah, being in camp together, like, even though it was an abbreviated camp, that entire camp basically they were together. So even though Miko him didn't get to spend a ton of time with Bogosian, those through two weeks or whatever it was, was more than he spent with with anyone else. So, and same with Bogosian. He spent his entire Leaf tenure, essentially, up to the first game with Miko Letnin. So, getting those two back on the ice together, maybe it was just the, the chemistry coming back, but those two looked really good on the ice together. I, I don't know if that's a pairing going forward or anything, but I could see them experimenting with the seven, four, seven defensemen lineup a few more times. Yeah, certainly.
0: I, I don't think this is anything that's going to go away, especially since now they have to go through all this cap gymnastics over the next yep. little bit. We'll, we'll see how they end up kind of going through all that. But um, the one last thing that I do want to talk about and uh, that is kind of of note really tonight was the difference in the faceoff dot. And I think that's been a big reason for, uh, for, you know, when this team is playing well, it's because they're, you know, winning the possession game. And a big factor of that is winning it off the faceoff. And tonight, 65%... All broadcast long, they talked about how Spezza was was playing exceptionally well in the faceoff dot. You know, I think he only lost one in the last two nights, and he's been exceptional, but... You know, everybody has been really good in stepping up. I mean, John Tavares as well, 77% in the face-off dot himself. Uh, who else do we have having a really good night in the draws? Uh, Austin Matthews, 69% nice uh, in the nice. faceoff dot. So, you know, I, I, I feel like uh, Manny Mahalcher needs to have a nice little pat on the back for, you know, really getting this team, um, you know, going in the face-off dot.
1: Yeah, and that's one of those things where I felt like people in the off season were like, ah, they're talking too much about this. The face-offs with Manny Malhotra, it's, it's- – it's this thing. It's it's not going to be that big of a difference, and and we're seeing in the games that the the Leafs have been good that it is a big difference. And, a lot of they have a then, lot of set plays off of these faceoffs too, which have
0: created a lot of really good scoring chances. Like throughout the, the the past few games, I can think of you know three goals, you know Marner's goal the other night, Nylander's goal from night one. A lot of these goals are coming off of set faceoff plays too, which only can be executed if you win these draws.
1: Yeah. And the big thing is the Leafs are a skilled enough team in deep enough team where they can have three lines running a set plays off faceoffs and, and being successful at it. Whereas a lot of teams, you can only really run that with your top guys and the Leafs have the advantage of doing that. So if you can win these faceoffs, they can be big for you.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, all right. Let's um, let's take a quick break here. When we return, we'll to our three stars of the game. And before we get to that, though, let me tell you guys all about Rock Auto. Auto are always reliably low, and the same for the professionals as the do it yourselfers. So, why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write locked on on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On podcast. Mike DiStefano still with you. Alongside me, friend of the show, Tony Ferrari for the post-game show, Maple Leafs, with a 3-1 win over the Winnipeg Jets. And right now, we're going to go ahead and name our three stars of the game, and I'll let you go first since you are the guest. Tony, who were your three stars?
1: All right. For my third star, I think I got to give it to I'm going to cheat a little bit because I always do. And I'm going to give it to the top pairing, the TJ Brody and, and Morgan Riley were really good tonight. I thought they're the 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 growth they've shown in just these first four games has been really, really promising. And and after that first game where people were like, oh, no, they signed Brody for this deal. And it, it's it looks a lot better. And I'm really happy with that pair. Uh, for my second star I think I got to go with Mitch Marner he scored the two goals the empty netter in in the tip or the little jamming goal basically at the goal line um, he was good tonight and I mean that entire top line like we talked about was exceptionally fun to watch and they were so skilled and they put all their talent on display and then for the first star I, I, I got to give it to Freddie for bouncing back he's He's going to be much maligned all year. He's going to be up and down in the media. People are going to be on him all year. And and if he can continue playing like this, and even if he lets in a goal or lets in a couple bad goals and, and stuff, but he's playing at a higher level like he was tonight, I think people are going to be able to get back on his side and really believe in him as a goalie that can get us deep in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, 100%. And, and you know, I, I had him in my three stars as well. So for myself, I have... Mitch Marner, as my number, thir- uh, number 3 star, obviously uh, a two-goal night, uh, got the party rolling and then uh, or scored the, the game-winning goal and then also got the go-ahead uh, goal with the empty netter. Also, how about that rough stuff, Adam Marner, showing a little bit of edge yes. there at the end after scoring that empty netter. Didn't quite like the fact that Pionk uh, maybe took a little bit of a cheap shot at him, turned around and gave it right back, and then got in the grill of Mark Scheifele. How about that
1: edge, Adam Marner? I loved seeing it. I was even Me I was too. sitting here, and I'm like, oh, is Mitch going to do it? Is he going to drop the gloves? And I knew he wasn't, <laughs> but in that back of my head, like that little Neanderthal part was like, oh, do it.
0: That would have been awesome. That would He would have been number one star. If he had a fight, yeah. that, that would have been number one star, 100%. Um, number two, I had Freddie Anderson, you know, uh, 27 and 28 saves. Just one high danger chance against, but was able to, to make the stop there. But, you know, like we said, he didn't have to be amazing tonight, but he made the saves that he had to make. And when a team is playing as well as the Maple Leafs played in front of them, I think that Freddie can actually win a lot of games with this club. You know, over the last over the weekend, there was a lot of, of slander being thrown towards Freddie's way, and, and I wasn't having any of it. I always knew that he needed to get the net back this weekend. Um, I didn't think it should go to Campbell, and it's not too early, or it's way too early to be rolling on Freddie here. But um, you know, now 10 and two career against the Winnipeg Jets as well. And I just felt that he was steady Freddie in net tonight. And certainly when he, you know, you only allow one goal, you're you're a star of the night. So Freddie got my number two star. And then John Tavares, Captain Johnny T, ends up with my number one star. Had a goal, played amazingly tonight in all aspects of his game. 10 for 13 in the faceoff circle. Uh, I thought that Captain uh, Captain Johnny Toronto was just fantastic and, and the best bud out
1: there. Yeah, he was so good tonight. And when you look at his numbers, he was seventy-six percent chorusy tonight. And like that's that's pretty ridiculous. He was just that's out there stupid. dominating so on stupid. every shift. But that's yeah, everybody. He, like, like if you look at like check it out on natural statric,
0: I'll quickly pull it up here. Um, I have it. I just need to get to get get on the screen here. But like Jimmy VC, 86%. Uh <laughs> William Nylander, 78. John Tavares, 77, Matthew, 73. Like, they had 5 players above 70% Corsi tonight. Like that's that's really indicative as to how dominant those top two lines were.
1: Yeah, it really was. And like I said at the start, like they that those top two lines when they're going, they're going to be a tough team to beat anytime those top six are
0: going. How about Miko Lettinen? 66% Corsi, 8 chances <laughs> for when on the line on the ice. But just uh, just 6 minutes for Miko Lettinen tonight, so not not too much time. For uh, for the young young Finn getting in his first NHL action. Uh, all right, so there are our three stars of the game. My I, I, my honorable mention I will give to Manny Malhotra though, because yes. you know, like we said just a moment ago, what he's been able to do in such a short short time span to really get these guys winning draws and we saw how much he well maybe you didn't but like uh, if you go and take a look over the last 4 years the progression in Vancouver has been amazing since he took over uh, and really got that team going. Bo Horvat is one of the best uh, drawmen in the entire league, and that's thanks to the the tutelage of a man like Manny Malhotra. So I truly believe that that he is going to be a massive, massive part of this team going forward from the bench, and just what he can do as a skills coach – in the face-off circle, and we're already seeing it play out now. Like John Tavares, 77%, uh, or no, wait, what was he? Yeah, something, something, 70-something percent. Uh, And and Matthews, unbelievable on the draws, and then obviously Jason Spezza as well. So I do want to give a little shout-out to my man, Manny Malhultra. Uh, All right, when we come back, let's talk about some of the other news that's going on in Leafland. But before we do, let me tell you guys all about betonline.ag. I know we're all big hockey fans here at the Locked On Lease Podcast, but what about football? You guys ready? You got college football heading into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season, finishing up with the playoff picture, becoming a little clearer, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. That's the promo code LOCKEDON. Locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. You toss 50 bucks into your account, you get 75. That's how it works using the promo code locked on at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DeStefano still with you here. Tony Ferrari, alongside me, as we continue our chat here. So the Maple Leafs winning it last night slash tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, it's most likely going to be in the morning. So yesterday by a score of three to one, looked absolutely dominant. But there was some other news on the day that we do need to discuss and. Tony, I can't remember the last time that there's been so much conversation, not about the backup goalie, but about the backups backup with Aaron Dell being claimed off waivers by the uh, was it the New Jersey Devils claiming him off of waivers. Can you remember a time where you've seen so much just mayhem over a backups backup?
1: Mikey, you seem to forget the Garrett Sparks versus uh who was the back of oh man. McElaney. The oh, Garrett Sparks yeah. versus McElaney debate. But, but no. that was
0: that, that was different, it, right? That that was more so people just felt that McElaney should have been there over Garrett Sparks. Whereas this was like, okay, Arendelle has to go on waivers and it sucks that we're going to lose him. But there was a clear, like he was clearly the number three. Whereas McElhinney, he probably should have been the number two. And it should have been Sparks on waivers. And McElhinney should have continued to be a Maple Leaf. I think that's more so where the outrage drew with that whole thing. But point is, yes, there was a a large conversation had about the number three goalie at that point. You are correct.
1: But no, it's one of those goofy things. I think there is reason to worry because this is going to be a tight season. It's going to be a a season that is very short. That feels very long because of how many games are played in in such a short period of time. And that third goalie might come into play. So we might see Michael Hutchison for a couple of games, but I mean, if the Leafs can play as good as in front of them as they did tonight, I think Michael Hutchison can be a perfectly fine goalie. We saw him win a couple games in the playoffs, but losing Aaron Dell, Aaron Dell is a reliable backup goalie, but it was one of those things that, like you said, once you needed a little bit of roster flexibility, you kind of knew he was going to be the guy going on waivers. And I think the Leafs tried to wait as long as they could to hopefully other teams get their goalie and get a third guy and, and maybe sneak him through, but it, it, it wasn't going to happen. Edmonton needed a goalie. New Jersey needed a goalie. There was goalies needed around the league. So everyone kind of knew it was, he was going to go as soon as he went on waivers and it, it just, it was meant to be basically.
0: Do you think the reason why we're making such a big deal out of a third stringer? Like there's not that often do we see a third stringer actually play in the NHL. Like I know for the Maple Leafs we have the the past little bit, but normally it's usually just like a two horse race and if your third goalie does have to play, maybe it's one game, um, you know, one two games max. It's not very often we see, you know, a long list of goaltenders uh, in the stat sheet at the end of the year, but do you think it's just because of this whole COVID and how dicey it could make things? You know, if, if if a player like Freddie Anderson comes down with COVID, well, odds are he's going to be around Jack Campbell quite a bit, which means both of them could end up with COVID, therefore making the third goalie, you know, a lot more uh, important than it would in other years. Like, or are we just making too much of this, uh, uh, you know, like, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I think he, he, you kind of pointed out, right? Everyone's kind of worried because this is such an uncertain year and and with the COVID protocols and everything, like it, it, he, maybe Freddie's just a close contact. He doesn't even test positive, but that forces him to miss a game and it force forces your third string goalie. And then some emergency backup that's been quarantining from junior hockey or something that <laughs> plays the backup that night. Like it could be a disaster realistically, but I think every team's dealing with that in reality. Like it's not like New Jersey claimed Darren Dell and, and he's now their third guy that's going to be sitting back and on the bench and stuff. Like every team needs goalies right now. And, and that's why we're kind of seeing it happen. And it, it's just going to be one of those things where I think we're going to see goalies going waivers a bunch this year. Like it, it's going to be all over the year. Like I won't be shocked if a guy like Aaron Dell does get claimed maybe another time or two this year because he ends up going on, on waivers here and there or, or someone like that. So I think there's going to be goalies available, but I think there's going to be kind of every team's going to be in that situation where, it's just going to be unfortunate when one team's goalie room does go down, and and then hopefully we can get uh, another David Ayers situation and make at least a good story out of it or something. I don't know. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was like, I do know of a goalie who
0: resides in Toronto who had a pretty good outing once against the Maple Leafs, but uh, I don't think, uh, now that I think about it, he's probably not going to be uh, able to suit up like that night as an emergency goalie anymore due to the whole quarantine rules. But I don't know. I, I feel like... Toronto may try and look for another goaltender at some point. Maybe, you know, once their uh, cap situation gets kind of fixed and cleaned up a little bit, uh, they will be able to claim another guy off of waivers and maybe try and and if Aaron Dell gets sent back down or if some other goaltender gets sent back down, that perhaps Toronto could be in the market for another one.
1: Yeah, for sure. like I said, I think we're going to see different goalies on the waivers throughout the yeah. year, and and if Toronto's going to need a goalie for a week or something coming up, or they have a game a week where they play a lot of games in a short period of time, they can always just grab that third goalie off waivers. Like I said, it's they're going to be there all season, I think. All right, Tony,
0: I think uh, I think that will do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leaves podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leaves content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leaves. And, Tony, let the good folks know where they can find all your great work.
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Tony Ferrari. And uh, the only thing I have to really to plug is uh, my podcast, Dobbers Draftcast. We just did a Calder Trophy preview, so uh, check that out.
0: Kind of an odd year for uh, for you guys to start up a prospects show without CHL hockey. huh?
1: I know. How tough has it been? It hasn't been that tough, actually, because I've been doing uh, a lot of interviews with players, and uh, one of the things that I've been really enjoying is that I've been uh, doing these game tape segments where we go over film together, and I, I put together a video where they talk about some of their film as well, and it, it's been really sweet. and uh, I actually just put one out with uh, Shattuck St. Mary's defenseman Scott Morrow Uh, He's a high school defenseman, and he's a guy that's kind of under the radar now, but don't be shocked if he's kind of working into that late first round, early second round next year. Cool. That sounds super intriguing. Guys, I would definitely go
0: check that out. That's a conversation for you hockey nutcases out there. All right, man, I really appreciate you joining me today. Everybody, go check out Tony's work. Uh, That's going to do it for me here today. Until next time, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.